Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. The word shaman is a Buddhist term that goes back to an earlier term in uh, Indian philosophy called shraman. And shramans were one of the original term for yogis. At a later point, the shramans were the what are now referred to as sadhus. They were wandering yogis. And they were not the yogis who were uh, living in ashrams so much as those who would wander about from village to village and offer their powers of healing and uh, of uh, spiritual help. So Buddha was a shaman, for example. As, uh, as was Mahavira, the founder of the Jain religion. The word itself goes back etymologically to meaning one who overcomes evil. And also in Sanskrit it has the meaning of, uh, of one who makes the effort to attain uh, the highest consciousness. Both of those go together in the Sanskrit and in the Pali language of early Buddhism. So, the, uh, the original shaman is a yogi. There, there's no distinction. It's only later that in different cultures that take on the use of this term that there become variations of its meaning. And that in a number of cultures that emphasize what we could call the intermediary dimensions of reality that are not the supreme reality, but that are the, the level of reality on which the, uh, the phenomenon of, uh, of spirits and of uh, angels and of various other uh, paranormal uh, phenomena uh, became the, uh, the work of, of shamans to deal with. And in more primitive cultures, animistic cultures, let's say, in which the mythologies of the uh, of the various uh, forms of deity were important in the overcoming of illnesses that because of the belief system of people in in those cultures it was necessary to do battle with the personified forces in the body let's say of someone who is sick or uh, in the uh, environment to counteract uh, negative energy fields, etc., that shamanism became very well versed in the perception of these subtle energy forms and the use of spells and chanting and various other techniques uh, to work energetically and to work in terms of a ritual to purify the... Uh, the body minds of those who were suffering from various symptoms. But the shaman, him or herself, was always functioning from a higher state than that. If they weren't in the higher state, 
that transcended that of uh, the spirit realm, they would not have the power to uh, be able to overcome evil spirits. It was only being linked to the God force that would give a shaman uh, the efficacy to do the work. But as time went on, there was a degradation within the field of shamanism, just as there has been in religion. And more and more the shamans would depend on uh, psychedelics, entheogens, uh, plant allies to do the work rather than on the meditative union with God. And this uh, has led to um, abuses in the modern time of uh, pseudo-shamanism and psychedelic shamanism that is based on a, a materialistic understanding of reality. And so now you have a lot of Western shamans who follow people like T Timothy Leary, Terence McKenna, who, although they saw a great deal, they make the mistake of uh, believing that the relative mind is the goal rather than the absolute mind. The, the breaking up of the paradigm of the relative mind through the alteration of what they would call the, uh, the chemical substrate of the mind. But the problem is that the, the brain's uh, chemistry only regulates the relative mind of the ego system. And indeed, it can produce hallucinations and it can produce uh, uh, interdimensional perceptions, but it does not reach the larger sphere of the absolute mind which is not based on chemistry and therefore is immune to these uh, chemical oscillations that produce, can produce not only breakthroughs but can also produce a devastating uh, destruction of the mind, of the mind's capacity to attain coherence. And I can't tell you how many people I have uh, met and worked with who have been uh, literally destroyed by the use of these uh, chemicals because uh, they got into very deep water and uh, overdosed and didn't know how to deal with the energies that poured through into the relative mind when they were, um, they were doing their, uh, their processes. And so uh, it's, a, it's a field that is very dangerous and should only be done under very expert guidance of a true shaman whose work is not based on the the use of plants, but is based on the original meditative capacity to reach the absolute mind. And largely because that tradition has been lost in most cultures, uh, I don't recommend that form of shamanism today. But I do believe that what we are doing will lead to shamanic capacities for people who continue to meditate long enough to break through to the absolute mind. And the brain itself, in a very natural way, produces the same chemicals that may be necessary to produce the altered states that the uh, shamans are requiring to do some of the work. But the, the real import of the shamanic quest is the yoga quest of union with God that transcends any individual identity or any uh, use of a particular brain instrument. And uh, that can only be achieved through the disciplined mastery of the mind through meditation. So that's our approach to shamanism.
Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.